2: Happy holidays, everybody, and welcome to the Fans First Sports Network's College Football Feed's latest episode of Fame and Fortune and Everything That Goes With It. Here we break down the college football rankings and the Heisman Trophy race in ways that nobody else across the college football landscape are doing. Uh, But before we do that, let's introduce ourselves. My name is Matt Tamanini, and I am joined by our West Coast Bureau Chief, Jamie Urich. Jamie, it is getting to be the holiday season. What are you thankful for?
0: I'm thankful that Ohio State is still undefeated
2: <laughs>
0: and I'm super thankful for my very cute little niece who um, ter- will be three months old on Saturday and decked Aww. out in OSU here.
2: Good for her. Good for her. You are anting well. Are you going to be with them for Thanksgiving or no?
0: No, I'll stay in LA, um, but I'll be home for two weeks at Christmas time. So that'll be really nice.
2: Wonderful. Uh, Of course, also thankful for Ohio State being undefeated as we are both Ohio State alums. But I am just as thankful for the ongoing hilarity and absurdity that is Michigan's cheating, sign-stealing scandal because that has been a joy. Not only because it's just fun, but because it has dissuaded the fervent Ohio State vocal minority that is just negative for negative sakes to focus that animosity towards the actual Ohio State team. So it's been a nice respite to actually focus on the rivals rather than nitpicking every single thing with this year's Ohio State team.
0: I Yeah, I think that that's a a very wonderful thing to be thankful for. All
2: right, so what we do here on Fame and Fortune and Everything That Goes With It is, is we give our personal college football playoff rankings, and then we break down what we think will be the final cfp rankings when the seeds are announced following championship weekend and then we get down into the heisman trophy conversation jamie i feel like we are so close that at this point we have to stop talking about who we think should be the finalists and kind of fast forward to say who we think should win so we'll get into all of that and of course as we are getting deeper into the season only one leak left in the regular season some conference championship games already have their matchup set i feel like our personal rankings are going to blend very closely with the actual final cfp rankings and it really might just be a uh, a situation where we have to figure out the order rather than actually who is involved but when last we talked before i set off to a a work trip in New York City last week you had Florida State at number one Georgia at number two Michigan at number three and Ohio State at number four I had Ohio State at number one Florida State at number two Georgia at number three and Michigan at number four so the same teams just in a different order let's start with number four where are you this week in your own personal rankings at number four Jamie
0: So it's interesting because I feel like the same way that you and I have kind of had similar teams in different orders, I have felt that comparably with the committee in recent weeks. And so I think their top four teams are correct. I have them in a slightly different order and I have a caveat. I have Michigan in that number four spot solely based on the fact that like, I I mean, Maryland is a good football team, but they did not have a handy enough They did not win handily enough against Maryland this past weekend for me to keep them like above teams that have had better strength of schedule this season. Now, based on the eye test alone, they still terrify me. And so we'll get to all of that because there are ramifications with this week's game. Um, They still terrify me, but based on what the games that have been played so far, I've, I've got them in my number four spot.
2: Yeah, I think that is, that is very fair. Uh, I am going to go pretty much chalk here when it goes to the college football playoff rankings. I've got Washington at number four. Uh, I had had Florida State in the rankings, and they have not lost, but they have lost because they lost their quarterback. And I think at this point, when you've got Jordan Travis out, Presumably for the rest of the season, you know, maybe not, but at least for this week and going into which is a game they they play Florida and then they go into the ACC championship game against Louisville. Uh, I I just can't justify them taking over one of the seeds when they've lost such a major uh, uh, factor. Now, if they come out and have a Cardale Jones like performance from the backup quarterback, they could obviously jump back into the top four, especially with obviously Michigan or Ohio State losing. But for now, I think they're on the outside looking in, not to quote the titular Deer and Deer Evan Hansen.
0: Yeah, I um, I, I feel the same way. And, you know, again, I agree with you. Like the caveat is that they could come out against Florida, which is, you know, Florida is, is not their toughest opponent season, but it will certainly be a great game for us to kind of see how they fare without Jordan Travis, because Florida is a good team. Um, and it does, you know, it's a rivalry game for them. So anything goes, um, but I just, I don't even see, I think even if they beat Florida without Jordan Travis, unless it's like they destroy everyone in their wake, I could, I could almost see the committee sneaking a one loss team in over them. I won't know if that's the right choice but it is one that i could see the committee making
2: especially if alabama beats georgia in the sec championship game like i feel Mm -hmm. like that is just something that they very well could do at any point Yeah. all right so who do you have at number three then jamie
0: i have washington at number three um their strength of schedule these last few weeks has been pretty insane and like yes they have been close games but they beat three ranked opponents in a row. And I came in here the last time we talked saying there's absolutely no way that Washington wins out. Right. They went um, USC, Utah, Oregon State, boom, 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 and won all of those games. And two of those teams have since dropped out of the rankings, but they were ranked teams when Washington played them. Um and both the USC game and the Oregon State game were on the road. So I just – I was very impressed with the way that they handled a really tough back half of the season. Um, and they're still undefeated, and we'll get to their quarterback when we talk about the Heisman. But I, I think they they look good.
2: Yeah, I, I think that's, uh, that's a totally fine uh, place to have them. Uh, I have Michigan in this spot because I'm just – crimping off the uh, CFP committee, apparently. But given how they have looked in the last three games, which, gosh, I don't know what could have possibly happened since the October 21st game that could have changed their entire ability to produce on both offense and defense. It really staggers uh, the mind and boggles the mind as to what could have changed. But at this point, they're undefeated. Their stats are incredible. And the thing that we'd said earlier in the year is that, oh, they haven't played anybody. I mean, at this point, they don't have a marquee non-conference game, but like other than the Notre Dame game, it's more or less the same rankings in terms of strength of schedule and opponents, you know, uh, offensive uh, status and defensive status. It's pretty much the same as Ohio State's, but they don't have the win at on the road at Notre Dame. They do have the win on the road at Penn State where Ohio State beat them at uh, in the horseshoe. But at this point, they're back a little bit. Their quarterback has dropped off a cliff since the sign-stealing scandal uh, was broken. So shrug emoji? I don't know. So I've got them at third because you kind of have to. They're undefeated. But I, I don't know how much to put into this game, which we'll, we will obviously talk about, especially on No Fall Weddings. But they're in third for me and they're they're at 4 for you so i think we're we're of similar mind there
0: yeah and li- and like i said like they're at 4 based on what's happened so far this season they they still terrify me like we'll get to the butt of it all in a little bit
2: <laughs> so who do you have at number 2 then i I'm, I'm assuming our number ones and twos are the same
0: i have osu at number 2 i think that's the correct spot for them um i agree with the committee and and yeah, my number one is is going to be the same as the committee as well with Georgia. Um, I think for a while Georgia hadn't done enough for me to for me to personally put them in that number one spot. Even though I understand that the committee is going to weight the fact that they're an SEC team for better or worse. That is just the way that things go in college football. And so the SEC schedule is considered really tough. But I didn't feel that they had done enough to like eke into that. But I do think that like curb stomping Tennessee
2: was enough and for Ole miss me. Yeah, Ole miss, Ole miss and Tennessee yeah. and back-to-back weeks. And they did beat Missouri, although that was a, a much closer game. But yeah, it's not dissimilar from what you said about Washington. Kind of, We expected there to be some sort of chaos with one or both of those teams down the stretch, and both of them survived what was essentially a gauntlet uh, to kind of earn their spot. So I too am number two, Ohio State and Georgia number one.
0: Yeah, I it you know I do still think that this is not an infallible Georgia team the way that they have been sure in past seasons. Like I I think that this is a number one seed that could lose in the first round of the playoffs. Nothing is out of the question. Um, but I also think that Carson Beck has looked really good and composed and um. Yeah, I, I think that they've they've earned that number one spot in my brain now. It's, it doesn't feel like it's just the committee being like, oh, SEC, SEC. All
2: right, so let's go to the actual playoff committee predictions. What we think, with two games left, will be the actual seedings. Obviously, there is rivalry week this week and then conference championship week. So on December 3rd, when the playoff committee announces the actual seedings for the 14 playoff. What do you think that order will be Jamie?
0: This is, this is where it gets chaotic. I do think that Georgia is going to keep that number one seed, but like they have to play Alabama in the sec championship game. So things could go haywire from there. Um, I think I, Oh, I hate it so much. I really think Michigan is going to win on Saturday. I have a really bad feeling about it. You're dead. This might just be me. This might just be self-preservation, right? Like, I might just be so, like, scarred from the last two years that I'm, like, going in expecting that so that if they do, it doesn't hurt as much. And if we win, I'm, like, so happy. Um, but I I just kind of have had a really bad gut feeling about it all year. And um, in that regard, I think that they will sneak into that number two spot if they beat OSU. I have Washington at number three. I think they'll win this weekend. And um, I think they're going to win out based on what we've seen from them the last two weeks. And so that would slide them into the number three spot. And I think a one loss Ohio state is getting in with that four spot over even an undefeated Florida state because of the aforementioned Jordan Travis of it all.
2: Ooh. Okay. I, I uh, have kind of let that boat sail on the big 10, Second place team. Sorry. Do you Iowa, think no Alabama
0: would? You think if Alabama wins, then Georgia would be the one loss team?
2: Yes. Yes. If Alabama beats Georgia, they are both in. So I think that this committee is going to take into account what happens on Saturday. Obviously, they're going to, but primarily more so with michigan than anybody else we have seen since the sign stealing thing has come up and i mentioned earlier michigan just has not been as productive either on offense or defense now they did handle purdue but purdue's purdue against penn state and maryland they did not look like the same team all due respect to to maryland penn state is clearly a better team uh, than maryland is so you expect that game to be a little bit more difficult But they look like they regressed even from there against Maryland. So I think if Ohio State comes out and I'm not going to say handily like 28-point victory, but if Ohio State wins by two, two and a half touchdowns, that I think that even though maybe in a normal year, that would be okay. And the team that loses, in this case, in this hypothetical situation, uh, Michigan could get in like Ohio State did last year after losing handily in the game. I think that the committee will take into effect that like, oh, maybe this means that that sign stealing and the cheating actually played into it. So I'm going to keep the top two the same as I've had in previous weeks and go Georgia and Ohio State. But then we're going to get chaotic like I am going to go Oregon at number three, which means that I think that they are going to avenge the only loss that they have on the season and beat Washington in the final Pac-12 championship game. And that, uh, again, assumes that they they beat um, uh, Oregon State this week in the Civil War, although I don't think they're calling it that anymore. But then here we go, Jamie. It's going to get even more chaotic because I'm going to put Texas at number four. I think the argument I here's the thing. Alabama in this situation is out. Well, but Alabama in this situation is out because they will have two losses. So they so they are gone. Washington and Florida State would be in there. In this situation, I I actually do think that Florida State is going to lose one of their last two games. So I think having the same record as Texas with Texas and Florida State, Florida State's gone because they don't have their quarterback. And presumably, in this situation, they did not uh, win the conference championship. Although they, I guess they could lose to Florida and beat Louisville. But I think even if they are both conference championships at eleven and or conference champions at eleven and one. Texas has Quinn Ewers back. Florida State does not have Jordan Travis. So I give the leg up to Texas. Here is where it comes down to Texas versus Washington. Right now, Washington is ahead, obviously, because they are undefeated. Could they lose to Wazoo and Oregon? Possibly. I've already got them losing to to Oregon. We know that. Um, But even if they don't lose to Wazoo, I think the fact that we have seen kind of a regression to the mean for them in terms of what this team can do on offense in the last couple weeks. They scored 35 against Utah, which Utah is a great defense, but it came down. But then against Oregon State, they only scored 22. And their defense has has kind of been solid-ish all season. But I think that against Oregon, a team they only beat by three a month ago, that there's a distinct possibility that Oregon kind of just outshines them and like maybe even by double digits. And then if you have Texas who in my situation would win the big 12 championship would avenge its only loss. I think that there's a possibility that we could see Texas sneak ahead of of a very faulty Washington that does not have the conference champion championship. They always say that like the conference championship only comes into play when it is super close and you need a tiebreaker In this situation, I think that might be it. Uh, Texas's only loss would would have been to Oklahoma by four on a neutral site, um, and then they they avenge it. They would have a win over Alabama, and that would be equivalent to Washington beating Oregon. Um, but then Washington would have also lost to Oregon, so I think that that it's a possibility if Oregon looks significantly better than Washington in the in the Pac-12 championship in Vegas in a week and a half. So I know crazy but we love chaos. And I think that that is a potentially chaotic situation there.
0: That is more chaotic by far than me thinking (laughs) Colorado was going to win in week one of the season. Like I'm having the response to that, that you had to me. And like, let's be clear. I was right. And things went (laughs) so like fire, which I would love so much. That's insane. And this is also, it's been that kind of a season, right? Like. If things are just going to go bonkers at the end, that kind of fits the way that the season has gone.
2: Yeah, it. I mean, th- I don't know that we've had necessarily like the big marquee chaos that we've had in other seasons, although we still could. But I think like they've been saving it up for the end here. So I, I would enjoy that quite a bit. Me too. All right, let's take a real quick break and then we're going to dive into the Hiveman Trophy conversation. So stick with us. We will be back in just a minute.
1: Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting.
2: Learn more at marines.com. All right, welcome back to Fame and Fortune and Everything That Goes With It. From the Fans First Sports Network College Football Feed, I'm Matt and I'm joined by Jamie Yurch. Jamie, let's get into the individual awards situation here. The Heisman Trophy really does seem to have been narrowed down to four guys, and you can correct me if you have somebody else that you want to throw in here, and we can discuss it. But to me, at this point, I think the finalists are Michael Penix Jr., Bo Nix, Jaden Daniels, and Marvin Harrison Jr. I don't see a situation where anybody else really sneaks in there. I mean, there certainly could. There's, there's, you know, plenty of football left to be played. But for now, like those guys seem fairly cemented in their spots as finalists. Do you agree or not?
0: Oh, I absolutely agree. And and I think the only other person that I would have put in up to this point is out of the running by default because Jordan Travis with an injury yeah. is not going to get in. Whether that's right or wrong, like I I do take some issue with the committee just kind of like dismissing people based on injury at the end of a season when they've played the whole season or what have you, or they've missed one or two games. Like that it is something that I take issue with, but I also understand it because you then don't have those games to say, well, they shone or they bombed. And the reality is like he's not gonna make the cut if he's out for the season, he's not going to make the cut, even just being out on Saturday. Um, So I think those four are pretty solidified because he's the one that could have maybe snuck in over one of those four in my brain. And that's not going to happen now.
2: No, it's not. Uh, and and it is too bad. And I think you're right because, like missing a game or two, like Marvin Harrison Jr. has earlier in the season, is not penalized nearly as much as it is uh, at the end of the season. So all right, so I'm gonna ask you two questions, and we can answer them both one at a time. Who do you think deserves to win the Heisman Trophy out of those four finalists?
0: Oh, it's so hard because I could really make a case for all of them. And like my heart, what's happening on paper and my head all say three different things. Yes, I agree. So like what's happening on paper has to be Michael Penix Junior.
2: Oh, okay. That's not where I'm gonna go there. I think the one so you're saying are you saying on paper that's who you think will win or Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay.
2: I, I I'm going to go somewhere different. I think Bo Nix is going to win. Um,
0: I, I want he, Bo Nix to win, and I don't think oh. it, well. I don't, that's not what that's where my head is. My head, yes. my head is Nix.
2: Okay, so let's let's do it this way. Who do you think will win? You think Michael Penix Jr. is going to win the Heisman Trophy?
0: I think Michael Penix Jr. will win the Heisman.
2: Okay, I've got Bo Nix. So who, if you were a, a Heisman voter, who would you vote for?
0: Well, that's hard because of, am I voting with my head or my heart?
2: No, like a legitimate, like, a like
0: the, objective who vote. Like who will win, who should win and who I want to win? Who will yes. win? I say Michael Penning Jr. Who should win? I think Bo Nix.
2: Okay, that's, I have Jaden Daniels. I would vote for Jaden Daniels uh, because even that. though they've lost, yeah, I mean, he's, he's lost a couple games, but like his numbers are eye popping when you figure in the fact that he is up there with. Penix and Knicks in terms of every passing statistic and ahead of them in many of them and then also has a thousand yards rushing so like that to me is like to me I would vote for Jaden Daniels from there I assume that you and I have the same (laughs) candidate that we would vote for with our hearts
0: yeah we got to go Marv for actually and I have a number of reasons because like yes the homer in me wants the OSU guy to win and I love I love Marvin Harrison Jr. So like, that's the piece of it. But the other piece of it is just from a practical perspective. I get very annoyed and bored with the Heisman becoming a quarterback award. And that's just the nature of of what it has become. And so I would be like, also, he's not a quarterback. Extra points for Marv.
2: Yeah, very fair. I've done a couple of interviews this week um, for over on the Land Grant Podcast Network, talking to people about the Ohio State Michigan game. And to be quite honest, I think this was Nick Bumgardner from the Athletic, who does uh, a lot of their draft coverage, but also used to cover Michigan. He still thinks. Not only does he still think that Marvin Harrison Jr. can win the Heisman Trophy, he has had been he has had him at number one on his Heisman Trophy ballot. And he is a Heisman Trophy voter for weeks now. So like, I don't want to dismiss Marv having a chance to win just because he's a wide receiver. Like if he goes out and dominates against uh, both Michigan and Iowa, two very, very good defenses, I think there is an outside shot. The problem is, is that like Michael Penix Jr. and Bo Nix are not, they're not going to play each other on the field, but their teams are going to play each other. So like one of them is going to get a massive win. And I think Jaden Daniels, his season is not over, but it doesn't have nearly as much um, hype around it. So it's like, it's tougher for him to get the Heisman Trophy moment. So like if Bo Nix or Michael Penix Jr. looks really good in their matchup, that could be, you know, a, a pretty determining factor. The other thing is, is that like Heisman voters don't have to wait until after the, co- the conference championship games. So like they could vote already and what they do in the in the conference championship games won't matter. But I, I, I agree with you that, It would be great to have Marv. I'm not counting on it, but there's at least one person who is going to be casting a vote, at least as of now, who would put him at number one, which would be very exciting. And then it brings up the possibility of like, do these three quarterbacks split votes? And does Marv sneak in? Because the quarterbacks have kind of, there is no definitive winner. So they all kind of get their own little segment of the pie. And Marv gets enough, you know, second place votes and a handful of first place votes to come out on top. That would be fun. That I would love. That would be
0: fun. I also, I actually think that there is a good case for a Jaden Daniels win in that same vein of like, I could see Michael Penix Jr. and Bo Nix splitting votes and then Jaden Daniels sneaking in.
2: Yeah, I certainly think that that's a possibility. I think that is uh, is something that very well could happen. All right, Jamie, that is all that we have here on Fame and Fortune and everything that goes with it. We will be back on Saturday morning to bring you all of the important games that you need to know about in every college football window. That episode of No Fall Weddings will kick off early morning on Saturday, so make sure that you are uh, factoring that in to your pregame rituals. Uh, Jamie, it's been fun. Uh, Next week, we're like, it, these are going to be like our official predictions time, where we have to pick who we think the final four teams will be, and who we think is going to uh, uh, be representing their individual conferences and in their schools in the college football playoff. Because uh, they've only got one uh, only got one week left, so it is very exciting. I can't believe this college football season has flown by so fast, but it but it has been an enjoyable one nonetheless.
0: Yeah, it's this one's been a fun one because it's been unpredictably chaotic.
2: Yeah, I uh, we love chaos, and that is all that we can really do uh, is is hope for more of it as we get into the end of the season. All right, everybody, if you are not already, make sure that you are following the Fans First Sports Network College Football feed wherever you get your podcasts Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any other platform that you so choose. You can follow us on social media at Fans First and you can follow me at B W W Matt. You can follow Jamie at Jamie Jurich J A M I J U R I C H. All right, everybody, have a wonderful Thanksgiving, a happy holidays. Enjoy the chaos on Saturday because after Thanksgiving, which is generally chaotic in a lot of households, and then Black Friday, it can only get worse from there.